The last class of my old professor's life took place once a week in his house by a window in the study where he could watch a small hibiscus plant shed its pink leaves. The class met on Tuesdays. It began after breakfast. The subject was the meaning of life. It was taught from experience. No books were required, yet many topics were covered, including love, work, community, family, aging, forgiveness, and finally, death. The last lecture was brief, only a few words. A funeral was held in lieu of graduation. The last class of my old professor's life had only one student. I was the student. Hi, everybody. I am Mitch Album, the author of Tuesdays with Maury and the host of this podcast, Tuesday People, which is based on the lessons learned in that book some 25 years ago when I was sitting alongside my old professor, Maury Schwartz, as he was dying from Lou Gehrig's disease and imparting with me his final wisdom on what's truly important in life and what is not once you recognize your own mortality. And as I sit here now in the state of Michigan, which just hours ago had been declared another in a series of shutdown states, meaning that as of midnight tonight, everyone is supposed to stay in their home. This is also already true in a number of states around the country. Uh, I realize maybe more than ever how relevant Maury's experience was for the time we're living in here now. And we're going to share that with you today, along with my friend and co-host and producer, Lisa Goich. Lisa, you're, uh, you're locked in in California, right? I'm locked down in L.A., Mitch. Locked down. So we're if both people in... could see me right now, they would know that I've been locked down for quite some time. Well, I can see you via <laughs> Skype that we have, but uh, that's the reason that we do this on audio. Audio is always <laughs> yeah, a safe medium. God. In fact, I think a lot of people, as this goes on and, and with the coronavirus and everybody sort of uh, self-separating, uh, that more and more calls are going to be audio only because a lot of people oh, yeah. tend to say, you know, I'm at home. I don't really need to put on all those clothes and makeup and hey, maybe I'm not going to wash my hair today. And maybe, and as long as you're pretty much just seeing the same people you've always seen who have seen you like that and you don't have to see the rest of society, uh, what used to be I've got to uh, I've got to get dressed and put on my makeup or put on you know get oh, my hair horrible. done because because I, I got to go out now it's like I got to get dressed and put on my makeup because I've got a Zoom conference and uh, I, I know. You know I have to do that but pretty soon they're just going to go to audio only and then everybody can just sort of look the way I hope they do everybody. well my girlfriends and I did one the other day and here I was with my same cap on that I'm wearing now and uh, the listeners can't see it trust me it's lovely. <laughs> And I'm laying in bed doing the Zoom call. My girlfriends are all like dolled up. My one girlfriend bought a new dress. And she's like, well, I had nowhere else to wear it. So I thought that I would wear it for the Zoom thing. I'm like, everybody had makeup on, lip gloss. And I'm like, you Hmm. were shaming me. And tomorrow... yeah, I have to do another one tomorrow, and uh, uh, so you're I'm dreading my you're dreading the shower already, <laughs> dreading yes. that shower, dreading putting on that makeup. Well, I'm this is this the shower is, for tomorrow. This is part of what we're going to speak about today, in an effort to try to be as helpful as we can during this difficult stretch. Uh, we're kind of modifying the subjects uh, we had sort of pre-laid out a number of weeks ahead of time to do the Tuesday People podcast because a lot of the lessons 
in Tuesdays with Maury and the lessons we want to share here on the program are kind of universal. They're, they're timeless. They, they go on. It's the reason that a 25-year-old book is still being taught and, and, and read as much as it is around the world. But we're in very specific times now, and we're in very specific behavior. And here's where I thought that what Maury went through could be of great help to everybody, because I know all of you at home, wherever you're listening to us, and it may not even be America, you could be listening overseas, but it's probably the same type of thing. The world is shrinking. And today's podcast is a theme of you know how to get by and be happy as the world gets smaller. And for many of us, the world has shrunk down to no car rides, no office, no visits with friends, no eating out, no movies. In some cases, not even going outside, although that's generally permitted for exercise. But other than that, especially if you're in a city, in a crowded city, a lot of people don't even want to go outside. So what has the world become? The world has become the room or the house that we are living in. And for many of us, this is just unimaginable. This is a turn in life that none of us could have foreseen. And it is depressing in its concept and depressing in its practice and depressing in its reality. And it is in every single way what Maury Schwartz went through when he contracted ALS, which is a virus unlike coronavirus. You don't just go through it for a couple of weeks and then you're done with it. It is a death sentence. And the world began to shrink for Maury, piece by piece by piece by piece, one thing at a time, one thing at a time, another thing at a time. Here is Maury talking about the dependency he had to begin to discover when, after losing the ability to walk on his own or to sit up on his own, he began to lose even more intimate abilities like the ability to pee or other things, and had to deal with that. Listen to how he handled it. So, that was the beginning of being helped to pee. And then a few months later, I could no longer use my arm and my hand to wipe my behind. So, I said, okay, that's another physical thing that the culture says you should be ashamed of. I said, I don't go along with the culture. I'm not going to be ashamed. I told him to wipe it, and I feel perfectly comfortable doing that. And so it's gone. Each time I run into something, I stop and think, and think, what's the big deal? So you see, in Maury's case, the world began to shrink in probably far more severe ways than it is for us. And at each step, when he lost the ability to pee, lost the ability to wipe his own rear end, lost the ability to turn his head even, the world got smaller, just as the world is getting smaller for us. And he had to fight it off by saying, okay, I'm not going to, in his case, be ashamed of these things. I'm not going to let what the culture says I should do. I'm going to adjust. Well, we're faced with the same challenge, right? Okay. First, it was, don't go out in groups of more than 50. Well, there went the wedding that I was supposed to go to. Then, you know, don't go out in groups of bigger than 10. Well, 
Uh, I can I guess I can only go to the coffee shop that I like if it's not too crowded, but I can't go to the fancy restaurant anymore. No more ball games. No more. Then it's no groups of 10 at all and just stay home unless you have to go out. And uh, so people are were doing that. And now it's stay home, period, and stay inside. So every level, we're shrinking. We're shrinking, right? It's getting smaller. It's getting smaller. It's getting smaller. And we feel like the world is coming in on us, right? Yes. And also, you know, probably if you would have asked me two months ago if I could have used a lot of extra time, I think I was burning myself at many uh, ends, as you do, Mitch, often. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, if I could just have some time home to do nothing... I, yeah. I I should have, You're I should done have with like that, rephrased right? that or, or watched how I said it to the gods because now we have plenty of time. I have to say, though, I like being home. I'm a homebody. I, I don't mind it. What I don't like is I don't like not being able to just run to a grocery store when I want to or, um, you know, something like that or run to, you know, the mall. I don't right. know. Things like that. Sometimes I like to just walk around the mall for exercise and look at things. Well, it's, it's, we it's, like, it's, it's like... Uh, when we were kids, when there was school going on and you got to be sick, it was like a treat because you got to right. stay home and you didn't have to do an alternative that you weren't particularly crazy about. But when the summer came and you got sick, same sickness, same thing exactly. that you had, suddenly <laughs> then it's like, no, no, I got to go outside. It's, like, it's what awaits on the outside. You start to look at it differently when it's right. the, the, the constriction is keeping you from enjoying yourself. And we're doing the same thing. So the world is getting smaller. It is transitioning for us. We are going through things that we haven't gotten used to or ever had to get used to. We can't see people the way that we want to. We can't have them over for dinner. Even friends and, and, and family members now are, are staying away from one another because you don't know who talked to whom, and therefore you might be carrying something because that person talked to somebody else, et cetera, et cetera. Transitions, transitions. And they're making us sad, and they're making us depressed. Maury went through that as well. Listen to him talk here about transitioning from one stage of bad to another. Every time there's a transition to something worse, I get a little depressed. For a day, maybe two. The worse the transition, the more depressed I get. But of late, it hasn't been that bad, because I'm so used to these depressions. Transitions by mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. I get depressed for part of the day. Mm -hmm. The other part, I may be quite up, especially since I have so many people coming in here. Mm -hmm. I'm really depressed when I have loving company. So, what to learn from that? Well, the key part of that to me was when he said, Of late, it hasn't been that bad because I'm so used to these transitions by now. In Maury's case, and again, much worse than any of us have it, except those of us who are who are really struggling with the disease and it perhaps might be threatening our, our, our very existence or, you know, our, our lives. But that's a, still a minute, minute number of cases. For those who it does not, this is just a terrible, terrible, long inconvenience that's going to go on for a long time. And it's going to affect, obviously, the economy and our prospects in the future and all that. But we will recover. 
Maury didn't have that. And yet he was going through these transitions and he said, I'm used to the transitions so I don't get so depressed. So this is something to keep in mind. Number two, transitions are going to be part of this process. All right. We need to accept that. We've already gone through so many transitions in the last month. And I I Mm -hmm. try to say to people, listen, if you keep looking ahead and say, oh, it's so bad, look behind for a second and look what you've already managed to do. And you're still here. You managed to all of a sudden stop going into work, stop working out in the gym, stop having weddings, stop having uh, big celebrations, stop going to parties, stop going to nightclubs, stop going to bars, stop shopping whenever you want to, stop visiting, stop hugging, stop kissing. And we're here, right? We're here. Right. Mm-hmm. We're not in bunkers. We're here. We're in our homes. We're able to talk to one another. We're not under the, the butt of a gun. We haven't been taken over by a foreign power. We're not worried about uh, our sons and daughters being sent off to war. We're not worried about a bomb dropping on top of us. We're here. So sometimes look back, as Maury did, and said, you know, I've gotten used to these transitions. Life is a series of transitions for me now. Lose the ability to to comb my hair. Lose the ability to button my shirt. Lose the ability to stand. Lose the ability to to use my hands. Lose the ability to brush my teeth. Lose the ability to wipe my own rear end. Those that loss, that the continuous loss of transitions for him, actually he got used to the changing, and so he said, "I didn't stay depressed for very long because all right, this is another change. All right, this is another change. We need to do that too." There are going to be more changes. It's hard to imagine sometimes. It's hard to, well, what else can they take away from us? But right. there will be. There will be more, you know, because after the lockdowns and after, you know, th- then what's going to happen most likely after several months of this is that it's going to start rolling through areas. So it won't hit the whole country necessarily, but there'll be hot spots, and all of a sudden you, you won't be able to go to that hot spot. That'll be totally closed off, or you might be in a hot spot, and they'll say, "All right, well, that's going to be closed off," and and you're going to have to make a transition to that, or things will start to open up again, and then they'll close down again, like they did in Hong Kong, where they thought they had it licked, and then they started people started coming in from the outside. Oh, they had a bigger problem; they had to close down again. So there'll be many more transitions that we're going to have to get used to economic transitions and social transitions until we finally have a vaccine and a, a cure for this and, and we beat it, which thankfully, again, we need to remind ourselves how blessed we are that there will be an end to this. And everything that I'm playing you from Maury and all his wisdom was from a man who realized that there was no end. That there was no end game for him. The end game was death and it was going to come. And yet he managed to have this transition he, he hadn't managed to have this approach that allowed him to be positive. Now, how did he do that? How did he keep from just falling into deep depression from which he never returned? Here's his answer. Well, when these things start to go, like my arms, I can hardly use them now. I get depressed and think, oh, who needs this too much? All my feet right now is painting a lot. Who needs it? But then I say, I know this is not going to last long because I don't want it to. As long as I'm living, I want to live. Of course, depression is equivalent to death for me. 
feel depressed, you're like dead. So I let it go for a day or two. Don't try to fight it too much. It goes away. Why does it go away? How does it go away? It goes away because there are other things in my life besides depression. Like love, open-heartedness, compassion, thought, awareness, interest in life, things. So depression is only one small part of it. Why should it take over everything? When your life is full, it's a piece. If your life is kind of empty, then it could take a lot of space. Now, again, folks, I remind you that that comes from a man who not only couldn't go outside like we can't, not only couldn't come in contact with people who were ill because it could kill him, uh, but couldn't go to the bathroom on his own, couldn't shower on his own, couldn't dress on his own. Yet he, he was saying, you know, when I get hit with a wave of depression, I just say to myself, I don't want to be that way. It's going to go away because there are other things in my life besides depression. And there are other things in our lives besides the ability to go to a ball game, besides the ability to go to a party, besides the ability to to go hang out wherever we want or have the freedom that we want, besides even the stock market and besides even other outside things. And many people are discovering this, Lisa, as they are hunkered in with their families. Uh, We have each other. We have the time that we can spend with each other. We have the closeness and the love and the sharing that we can spend with each other. For those people who are not able to be in our actual homes and have physical contact with, we can see over Skype and FaceTime. What an amazing time we live in to have this capacity. Mm-hmm. As we're broadcasting this, I'm looking at Lisa and Lisa's looking at me, but we're, we are, we are uh, 1,700 miles apart. Imagine yep. this happening just 20 years ago when this technology didn't exist. And the only thing you would have is a telephone line. You couldn't see one another. There was no such thing as FaceTime, which we take for granted, Zoom, which we take for granted, Skype, which we take for granted. These things were all invented relatively recently, you know, in the last right. handful of years. So we have these things now. And so we can communicate with one another. We can talk to friends around the world. How are you doing? There are people who are singing to one another over these things. There are people who are exercising. You've seen this, perhaps, where one guy goes outside in the courtyard and everyone else comes to the window and he leads an exercise class and everyone's in, the wi- in their windows I doing, you know, that. and he's yelling up, okay, you know. There was a, 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 a couple that got married in New York City uh, out oh, in the middle of the good. street and uh, uh, the uh, the person who acted as the justice of the peace or who married them, whatever license he had, yelled the vows out the window and they yelled back and everybody toasted them. We've seen those pictures in Italy where the people sing across the balconies to one another. Uh-huh. There are ways, so you know, cool. right. And when you say, you know, that depression's a small part of it because your life can be full of those emotions. And the key is to search for the places where those emotions can be found, where those emotions can be found. Now, this may make little sense to you. You may say, well, Mitch, so what you're basically saying is uh, the world is getting scarier, the world is getting sadder, the world is closing in, and you say that you can be happier and find more joy and find more satisfaction and contentment, how can that happen at the same time? 
I asked Maury a similar question, uh, and particularly how he battled off the sadness and the closing in of the world to him. Here's how he answered. I would listen to music more intensely, and I would listen to people more intensely. But most of all, it was the reverse. As soon as I started to become a little more dependent, like having to be lifted into the car Mm -hmm. or having to be dressed, I said to myself, what I want to do is enjoy my dependency as long as I have to be dependent Mm -hmm. rather than fighting it, Mm -hmm. which I ordinarily would have. I was so independent, I would enjoy it, and I do. Enjoy your dependency. That's an odd... That's an odd idea for a guy like you. Yeah. It was an odd idea for a guy like me, but this is the idea of the tension of opposites. Mm -hmm. I'm independent still in many ways, Mm -hmm. so what I want and I need, what I think, but when I'm dependent physically, I'm not fighting it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to enjoy it like a little child mm-hmm. enjoys being taken care of. Mm-hmm. And that works pretty well. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of wisdom in that little soundbite there. Because Maury talked about the tension of opposites. That was something that he spoke about frequently, about sort of opposite forces at work on our lives and how they kind of struggle with one another. So in his case, he had to become dependent. His particular virus, disease, illness that he was facing left him dependent on so many other people. That made him innately unhappy because here's a grown man, suddenly has to be carried around, suddenly has to be lifted from place to place, needs help going to the bathroom. Everything has to be done for him. On the other hand, He flipped it and said, okay, you know what? I get to be a baby again. Remember that feeling we had when we were really, really small? The earliest emotions you can remember when your parents picked you up and Mm -hmm. held you and patted you on the back and comforted you. When your parents fed you because you were too tired to feed yourself. Uh, When your parents, you know, gave you the ice cream and you licked the ice cream. You know, when your parents gave you a bath, that dependency, that feeling of of someone making you feel secure, he relished that. He said, okay, I'm going to take this bad set of circumstances and I'm going to embrace it. Well, we're not doing that physically with one another, but we are doing it physically in terms of separating and we are doing it emotionally in terms of the things that we have to separate from that we enjoyed, work, and routines, and exercise, and and, and going to the movies, and all the rest of that. Okay, those are the things that have been taken from us, like Maury's ability to do everyday physical tasks. But what's been given to us? What's been given to us is our time, first of all. The time that you mentioned, Lisa, jokingly, but we are, our time. We have time at home now. There's no rush hour traffic in your life all of a sudden. And someone in Los Angeles, that must be remarkable. Yeah. All of a sudden, you don't (laughs) have to be out out on those roads. How many hours did everybody in Los Angeles and New York get back 
once this thing came in, I know people who commute easily without exaggeration, two hours a day each way. They're in, they're either on a train or in a car. That's four hours a day of just sitting in a car, listening to mindless talk radio or punching buttons back and forth or whatever to try to, or trying to make phone calls. So we've been given what? We've been given our time. We can actually go at a slower pace. That's a gift in a certain way. We've been given time with our family members and people who presumably, if you're living with them, you like them, hopefully love them. (laughs) We've been given that kind of time. In in my particular case, it just so happens that uh, we had an eight-year-old from Haiti, one of our kids from our Have Faith Haiti orphanage, was up here getting therapy. And he's on a visa that, you know, allows him to come up for three months at a time, and then he has to he has to go back. Well, he's up here, and he got caught in the whole thing, and then we, they closed the borders, and we couldn't get him back. And Haiti's closed its borders, so he's going to be with us for a while. All right, we have a gift now of being parents to a little beautiful That's eight-year-old right. boy. All right, we wouldn't have had yeah. that without this. So and every day we wake up with him now, we, we run our little school in the house, and he's with us at our mealtimes, whatever. It's a gift. He's locked in like we're locked in, but we're finding the best of it. Just like Maury right. said, well, all right, I'll be dependent. So, all right, we'll be parents now. This is something that you know we've rarely had the opportunity to do in our lives, so now we're going to do it. There are things like that in your life. Right now, if you just look around and say, okay, well, I get the chance to do this, or I'm having the opportunity to do that, or I can have certain slower-paced conversations, I can enjoy cooking for myself instead of racing home or, or saying it's too late to cook anything. You can enjoy the, the, the zen of that. You can pull some books off the shelf and actually read them instead of just look at them and say, when am I ever going to get around to reading those things? Uh, there is less of the office politics that perhaps you have to endure on a regular basis. Some of the things that you talked about, Lisa, about people dressing up to go to work and competing with one another. So if you look at the things that we have gained, even through losing, you can find the tension of opposites and say, all right, well, I missed this part, but I'm going to revel in not having to deal with that part. And believe me, if Maury could do that with a disease like ALS— that robs you of every physical ability that you have and ultimately kills you, then we can do this. We can do this. We're going to have to do it kicking or screaming for the next several months at least. So Mm -hmm. how do you want to spend April? How do you want to spend May? How do you want to spend maybe part of June? Do you want to spend it railing and depressed and this is awful and this is terrible? Or do you want to flip the tension of opposites and say, okay, what have I gained instead of what have I lost? And how can I say the transitions are going to be part of this, which we talked about before, and how can I find some kind of positive in what I initially perceived to be negative? There is positive here. It just needs to be discovered. So I think when we sort of sum this up, and the world has gotten smaller, how do you fight it? Well, first of all, you recognize that there's going to be changes. Look back sometimes instead of looking forward. That's number one. We mentioned that. Look how you've managed to survive it already up to this point. We're here. We never would have imagined this. If you took where you are right now and told yourself three months ago you'd be here, 
that you'd be in a lockdown, that restaurants would only have takeout, that there'd be no nightclubs, there'd be no movies, there'd be no assemblies of, of regular kind, all the rest of it. You would have said, I, I can't handle that. But you're handling it, right? So that's number mm-hmm. one. Recognize where you are. Number two. Recognize that there's going to be transitions. As Maury said, they're going to keep coming. They're going to keep coming. You've handled one, you can handle another one. After a while, transitioning becomes the norm, and that's your way of life. It's like someone who has to change jobs every three weeks. They don't get settled in one particular job because they know they're going to move on to another one. Well, this is what's going to happen to us. So this is our new norm. Constant changing is the norm. Number three, the depression. Don't let the depression come in because depression makes it so much worse. How do you make the depression go away? As Maury said, look for the other things that you have in your life. Compassion, open-heartedness, thought, awareness, interest in life and things. And number four, flip it on that depression on its end. See the tension of opposites. See the pluses that you have in the minuses. See the gains that you have in the losses. That's the tension of opposites. And they are there. Again, you know, the reason we played so much sound from Maury in this show is because I witnessed this, folks. Every Tuesday, I would go from this big, beautiful outside world of airplanes and rent-a-cars and any place I wanted to go and sunshine and, and, and all that. And, and I would go into a small home in West Newton, Massachusetts, And then in that small home, into a small room, a single room, and that was where my Tuesdays were spent, and that was where Maury's Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, and Mondays were spent. The world had shrunk down. I've witnessed this, and I I still saw a vibrant, loving, kind, intelligent, life-affirming man, even under those circumstances, which are far worse than what we're having to face right now. So it can be done. And I recommend if you have Tuesdays with Maury lying around the house, pick it up and read some of those chapters. It'll make you feel good about the situation that you're in and make you say, you know, wow, this guy's stuck in a chair in an office, dependent on everybody else, never going outside. There was no going out for a jog for Maury. There was no, you know, walking the dog like we're still allowed to do. If he could still find joy, happiness, intelligence, giving and taking, then we can too. We can. I'm totally convinced of it. And we're just going to have to live it week at a time, which is kind of what I did with Maury, you know, week at a time, Tuesday to Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And we'll be here for you for that. And uh, we're going to all get through this together. Amen, Mitch. Amen. So if you have any thoughts, of course, you can send them to us. If you want to share some of your concerns or issues, uh, please do it through all of our, uh, our social media means, and we'll bring them up on the show. We'll read them out. We'll, we'll become a conduit for all of you to talk to one another in our Tuesday People community, our Tuesday Facebook page. Our Tuesday People Facebook page gives you a great forum to talk to uh, like-minded people and uh, share some of the issues that you're dealing with. And um, we're going to continue to be here every Tuesday, like I was with Maury, like Maury was for me. And hopefully we'll be able to make everybody feel a little better. And Lisa, your hat isn't anywhere near as bad as you making. <laughs> it I'm is a pure Detroit right hat, by the way. So right. I'm just saying. That I gets represent 20 points every week right there. Yes, you do. From a hometown. 
<laughs> so from uh, Lisa and me, until we see you again, uh, please take care. Uh, please take care of your minds and your hearts as well as your bodies. It's not enough to just say, stay six feet away from everybody and wipe down everything. I always laugh at that because they say, remember what you have to do. Wipe down everything, wash your hands, stay six feet away from everybody, cover your mouth, you know, et cetera. But they don't talk about your mind. They don't talk about your heart. They don't talk about how to stay right. away from depression and how to stay away from anguish and how to stay away from anger and how to stay away from impatience with your loved ones. So your Fear. mind... Yeah, and fear, right, the biggest one. So your mind and your heart are very important in these days, and please guard them. Until we see you again, on behalf of Lisa Goitsch, uh, this is Mitch Album saying see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday people.